0: Welcome, everyone, to Tamrail Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the forages of Tamrail. I'm your host, Eric, aka Sulior, and we are now officially into spooky season for this year. And I am really excited, so I'm going to do something a little bit different today. Um, I'll, you know, you'll find out once we get there, but um, unfortunately, we're not going to be covering the uh, me dynasty like i'd originally planned but i think today's episode is going to be going to be pretty fun so like i said we'll we'll get there and you probably already know what that's going to be if you looked at the title of this episode but um yeah i think it's going to be fun so before we get to that though we do have some news so um <laughs> there's uh 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 a, a, a video or a, a picture that I found, uh, my phone suggested to me. There's an article here um, where, you, you know, there's this mechanic with Skyrim where if somebody witnesses you murdering somebody or pickpocketing or, you know, looting, like stealing something out of somebody's house, um, every now and then um, that like person that saw you commit said crime will hire assassins to kill you. Well, apparently somebody was uh, witnessed committing a crime by none other than the courier. So the courier, like you know when you, you kill your assassins, you can find a note um, from the person who or is paying them and yeah apparently the courier hired somebody to kill uh, somebody who did something a little nefarious apparently the person's character's name is Fred which I thought was kind of funny so um, yeah I just I don't think I've ever seen the courier be the uh, person who's hired assassins to kill you before. Um, Other Skyrim related news, there's actually a few uh, things that uh, are going on with Skyrim right now. So uh, somebody decided to make a mod that reinstated a bug. Um, the, The bug was where you enter your player home and the player home has some mannequins that are in the, ha- the player house. Um, I've seen this happen with Solitude, uh, Proud Spire Manor, more often than with the other ones. But <clears throat> when, you know, at least at the beginning, when you entered your player home, the mannequins would just slowly walk back onto the platform uh, where they're supposed to be stationed. And somebody thought it was a good idea to reinstate that. um, Because Bethesda had fixed that. And somebody thought that they wanted to make that a thing again. I don't know why. Uh, That would always creep the hell out of me whenever I saw that happen. But um, (laughs) yeah, so this... uh, I've got the article up here. I will put it in the show notes. Uh, the, The person... You can find it on the Nexus Mods uh, portal. So, yeah, I don't know why you would want that back. But, eh, to each their own, I guess. Um, I have mentioned on the show that there was... Uh, I mentioned this a few times, that there was a rumor going around that the anniversary edition of Skyrim is coming to the Switch. Uh, that's what the rumor said, and apparently that was legit because it's now there there is no big announcement unless you look at the nintendo's uh, news page but yeah um it is now on the switch and it if you get the anniversary edition bundle it's 70 so a lot of people are pissed about this and i get it because the game's you know almost 11 years old now but Think of this as a deluxe edition, because that's essentially what it is. You're getting, not only are you getting all the original uh, DLC with the game, you're essentially getting, like, I want to say it's 50-some-odd mods with the bundle. Um, You're not getting quite everything That the console, the other console versions are getting, um, which kind of sucks. I've asked which ones aren't included because I haven't gotten it for myself on the Switch. I do have it on Xbox, but I haven't gotten the Anniversary Edition on the Switch. I don't have uh, Skyrim on the Switch anymore. I did at one point in time, and it's worth playing. Now, this isn't the Legendary Edition, or the the Special Edition. This is the original version of Skyrim. But, you know, if if you want to play Skyrim on the go, it's not bad. You could do a hell of a lot worse. Um, So, yeah, um, that is a thing now. And from what I understand, it's a lump download. Um, You're not getting access to the Creation Club. Um, You just, you download everything that was on the uh, Creation Club. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Um, Hopefully, eventually, this means that we will eventually get um, Fallout 4 on the Switch. That's what I'm really hoping for. So, Let's see. Um, In other news, um, Google Stadia has announced that it is shutting down. And I'll be completely honest, I thought this already had but um i know eso is on google stadia so unfortunately um yeah that's the problem with cloud gaming and google stadia is a cloud platform that's what it is um so unfortunately after uh, July- i'm sorry january 18th of 2023 um yeah it's no longer going to be a thing However, uh, they are refunding all Stadia hardware purchased through the, Go- the Google Store, as well as, as well as all games and add-on content uh, purchased through the Stadia Store. So Google expects those refunds will be completed in mid-January. So I mean that that really sucks for Google um, that they, <laughs> they're refunding all that fucking money, but. Um, And I mean, it sucks for the people who had this as a a platform, the people who'd spent time and money investing in this service, Uh, like if you play on the go or whatever, but um, yeah, that kind of sucks. And I've even had games on Steam that are no longer playable that I've I've paid for. Um, I think Deadpool is one of them. I can't play that anymore. Um, I've had other games that have just shut down, but, yeah, um, which, I mean, Steam isn't technically a, a cloud, I mean, I guess in a sense it is, but, um, yeah, that, that sucks for Google, I'm, again, I thought it was already shut down, but, cause so many people were shitting on it even before it came out. But, yeah, that sucks. Um, let's see. They, <coughs> Bioware has announced that there will be a Dragon Age 4. And Dragon Age is a series I've been playing a lot of recently. And I guess with the next game, it's called Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Uh, Dread um, you don't need to play the original trilogy to understand what's going on. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be looking forward to playing that once I'm done with inquisition so um which uh yeah i'll get into my gameplay here in a minute um in other uh, non-related elder scrolls news uh cd project red has announced six games that um that they i mean they, they've kind of talked about a mm-hmm. couple of them before um, like they they announced that they are working on a Witcher a new Witcher game. They haven't really said anything other than that. Um, but they've also announced I guess they've announced further witch two further Witcher sequels, two Witcher spinoffs, and a sequel to Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Which um, with Edge Runners uh, Cyberpunk has. Really ramped up uh, In the player count lately Which is great to see um, I'm, I'm very Excited that Cyberpunk Is getting the attention it deserves Because I for one Love Cyberpunk I beat that game um, Just a few months after it first came out I never really had an issue with it I don't know why everybody was you know, you know LOL Cyberpunk I thought it was great um, yeah, there were some bugs, but I'm a Bethesda fan, so, um, yeah, they haven't really announced what the Cyberpunk game is, they said it is a sequel, um, I guess the, there's a, uh, expansion coming to Cyberpunk in 2023, so, um, yeah, I'm excited, um, we'll, we'll see what happens with these series in the future, so, um, I do have a couple of Elder Scrolls online, um, things, um, in the news. So, right now, Doritos is doing a, um, a, um, code thing where you, you buy some Doritos and you can get certain in-game rewards. Um, not just ESO, but with other game series also, but with ESO, you can get a wolf mount, which is really cool. Uh, but, it, it, you, you, yeah, it's called the uh, Carth Wolf Charger. So, yeah, um, among other games, like you, there's a QR code in the back of the Doritos, or not, the, yeah, the back of the specially marked Doritos or Rockstar. It's not just Doritos. It's Rockstar Energy Drink also. And you enter your product's code. So you can choose from a host of... Uh, in game things, including this Carthwolf uh, charger mount. So that's pretty cool. Um, other than that, there is an event going on right now that's the Heroes of High Isle event. So you, um, I've done this event, uh, well, at least the starting quest for it, where you just go around and explore. The high aisle area, and you um, report back to this guy because he, he's trying to set up tourist um, events around the island, and say so basically you you go and you eat some food, tell him which one you like. Which I mean, you're not physically eating it, but yeah, you can just give him your opinion. And then he wants you to find some scenic uh, views, like some nice uh, tourist uh, spots to check out, and then some good fishing spots. Uh, The problem with a lot of these is a lot of them are dangerous. Like, you encounter a vampire. um, Like, you see a vampire feeding on somebody. There's a a big, um, giant crab that um, you have to fight. But it's fun. But along with this, there is a sale going on with ESO. Um, Like, you can... um, There's a discount on it uh, going on. This event goes through... um, Give me a second here. I want to say it's got five more days left um, as I'm recording this. This is uh, October 6th, Thursday the 6th. And it's got five more days. So this sale goes through... um, If you're, you're getting it from the online store, it goes through the 11th. Actually, it goes through the 11th on most things aside from PlayStation. PlayStation goes through the 12th. Um, so, and, and also along with this, the more people participate in the event, um, they're gonna—they're kind of doing what they did with the Deadlands DLC, where if enough people do this, they will give us the Fire Song DLC for free. So, definitely hop on this if you haven't. So the sale is uh, 50% off the High Isle um, upgrade. So definitely, definitely check that out. So that really is it as far as the news. So with my gameplay, i played quite a bit of of stuff. Um, I've been playing a lot of Dragon Age. I mentioned that on the um, tapes from the Waste episode that just came out a couple weeks ago on the Pit expansion. So I've played uh, I played Origins and I've now completed Origins along with the uh, Awakening expansion and I also picked up the Witch Hunt expansion to where you track down Morgan after the events of the game. I haven't picked up Liliana's Song yet. I need to pick that up um, and play that, but I am now playing Dragon Age 2 as well, so I've been playing that. Um I have played yeah so i I did the um, like i I did that event uh, quest that I was describing earlier um I haven't played a ton um other than that just kind of going around doing random stuff um let's see what else have I played lately so I did hop into Cyberpunk for a couple hours. Oh, um, Deathloop is now on Game Pass, so my computer wasn't quite up to snuff to play it. Um it it did start and run, but it looked like I was playing a, a virtual boy. Like it was very hazy and I only saw like black and red. However, I can play it on my Xbox through Cloud Gaming. So, Cloud Gaming is stable with the Xbox. Uh, not really so much with the Nintendo Switch, unfortunately. But I was able to play Deathloop. So, i played for maybe an hour, uh, a couple hours, something like that. And it's a lot of fun. Um, I have also been playing a lot of Stardew Valley. So, Stardew Valley... I've mentioned it on the show. It's one game that I absolutely love. And I will play a ton for a little bit and then take a break for a few months and then come back to it. So I've recently upgraded my computer. And so I got Stardew Valley on my computer through Game Pass. I purchased it on the Xbox right before it came to Game Pass, which kind of pissed me off, because that happens a lot. I'll pick up a game, and then it'll get added to Game Pass. But I picked it up on Game Pass just to try a new farm type. So I think that the farm type that I have on the Xbox is the beach farm. Well, I try the monster farm so with this farm and like uh, monsters will show up in your farm at night which kind of sucks at the beginning but it does like once you get weapons you can start harvesting uh, monster parts um, without having to go into the mines which is helpful so yeah, um, definitely having fun with Stardew Valley. I, what else can I say about Stardew Valley? I, I absolutely love that game. So um, that brings me to Fallout 76. So the new scoreboard has been going on with Fallout 76. There's the whole pit expansion. We've, If you want to hear my commentary on the pit, Go check out tapes from the wastes. I will say that since that episode has aired, I've tried the um, ashes to fire um, expedition, which is a lot of fun. But people, you know, and I'm probably close to level fifty on the scoreboard already, which is which is cool. Um, the thing that has been an issue lately is the fact that. Um People have been getting kicked out of expeditions for no fucking reason. And I've seen a lot of people mention that on Instagram not Instagram, but um, Twitter and Discord. Um, and there's there's really no reason to do it because with I mean I, t- I, it happens with daily ops all the time. And I understand it a little bit more with daily ops with the time limit restrictions on getting um like different like the the different tier of rewards um like the top of the line rewards you have to complete it in under eight minutes and then it goes to six and then it goes to f- you know five or something like that which uh well no 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 i'm sorry it, uh, i did it reverse it goes eight and then ten and then twelve or something like that and so to I I get it to a certain extent with Daily Ops. Um, I still don't get it completely because enemies are geared to the player's level. So it's not like you're a level 5 or 10 person going up against level 50 enemies. It doesn't work like that anymore. It used to, but not so much anymore. With Expeditions, I don't get it at all because it doesn't get that it like with the starred like the tiered rewards you have to complete certain things in the exhibition like with union dues you have to get all the steel ingots and make sure everybody stays alive at the very end that's it it's not like oh you have to complete this in under 10 minutes no it's not like that so why people are getting kicked From these expeditions. I don't understand that. And like I said. I've seen several people mention. That they've been getting kicked from these. Um, Andrew from the Fallout feed. Mentioned that he kept getting kicked. At the very beginning of the expedition. And he just kept joining. To the point where the person got fed up. And just let them do it. Or just let them do it. Um, Lawrence from the Modus Files. Mentioned that on Twitter. That he got kicked right at the very end of the expedition which is complete bullshit um and that has since happened to me also um i joined like right now going on with Fallout 76 there's the um invaders from beyond event where you are fighting off waves of aliens which is a lot of fun but i even did that today like i played for quite a bit today i got all of my daily challenges for the scoreboard including level up um which i am now i i just hit level 300 today actually as i'm recording this and i'd finished the alien event so that was the last thing i had to do with my daily challenges and i didn't really quite feel like getting off quite yet so i saw that there's a public group for um, the expeditions So I joined and it was in, it was Union dues and I showed up Right as the last of the fighting With the trogs at the very end of the expedition Was taking place And so I was in the process of Running to the vertebra to end this Expedition when this When the leader kicked me out of the, the expedition And I'm like You've got to be shitting me So I messaged Him on the Xbox app I'm like Please don't be that person. This has been happening so much lately. And if people keep doing this, nobody's going to want to do expeditions. And the guy messaged me back and said, you didn't do anything to help. So I kicked you. And I'm like, it it doesn't matter. Like, that's not my fault. I couldn't control how long you had been doing the expedition. Just don't be a dick. Like like why punish me for the fact that i happen to join right at the very end like that's that's not my fault and so it's just that's the thing like it like what is the purpose of punishing somebody for joining in the middle or at the very end like it doesn't benefit the group at all you're just being an asshole so, I... you know, Like, I blocked him. Because he was just being... Like, why gatekeep somebody like that? There's no good reason to be a gatekeeper. Like, if they're just standing there... Like, if the person's away from their keyboard... Like, if they're AFK... Like, if they're not moving... Like, if they step away and just are trying to mooch off of somebody else's work... Then, yeah. I... But... That wasn't me. Like, I tried to join and help. And that's the only instance of this happening to me. But, seriously, don't be a gatekeeper. Like, you're just being an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. And that just kills the community. Like, there's... like that With people doing that all the time with Daily Ops, nobody really wants to do Daily Ops anymore. And I have a feeling that if people keep acting like this with expeditions, expeditions are eventually going to get cut too. Like, nobody's going to want to do expeditions anymore. So, anyway, um, that's my little rant for the episode. And so, next up, um, I wanted to play a little um, little clip for you from something that I did with Nintendo last year. So, I know maybe some of you missed the little skits that I did earlier on in the um, life of this series, so I wanted to play something for you that has kind of become an annual tradition with Nintendo. so um, here it is, let me know what you think of it, and I will be back with today's topic, so... (laughs)
1: Huh? <laughs> Hello, sorry. Right. Sounds like an Italian puppet maker. Here, let me get that for you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what do you want? Ah, uh, see, I've come to you these last couple of years for a reason. I wanted you to play my game on the NES. But I did. And, what did you think? Just tell me a little shit. I, uh,
0: I... I, It didn't really have anything to do with the movie. The only thing that's nightmarish is the fact that they use you as a boss, and he doesn't even really look entirely like you. <sighs>
1: You know what kid? You're right. See, I really didn't have anything to do with that game. They paid me for my quote unquote rightness. And then all I had to do was talk about the power glove in one of my movies. Simple. Except they completely messed it up. But you know what pisses me off the most about all this? It's been 30 years. And there still isn't another Nightmare game. Sure, they had me in Mortal Kombat, but everybody's been in Mortal Kombat. I kicked Voorhees' ass in Freddy vs. Jason, and he has a new game out these last few years.
0: All these other
1: guys in the same line of work as me, and they've all been included in Dead by Daylight, things like that. Where is my new game? There's so much they can do with my likeness and my IP. The story writes itself. Why is there no new Nightmare game?
0: You know what? You make a good point. So, I don't know exactly. What are you
1: want me to do about it? Well, I was hoping you can get the word out. Spread the word, everyone. Just start talking about a new Nightmare on Elm Street game. The more people talk about it, the more likely it's going to happen. Like I said, the story writes itself. Now's the time.
0: Alright, you heard him, guys. Get the word out. We want a new Nightmare on Elm Street game. It's been over 30 years, and... I don't know. it, It just seems like a crime to me that there is no new Nightmare on Elm Street game. Like you said, there's a new you know, Friday the 13th game that came out a couple of years ago, and they even included the NES outfit as one of the things that you can wear as Jason Voorhees, so yeah, we want a new nightmare on Elm Street game. Happy Halloween. Alright guys, so I know I said in the last episode that I was going to finish off the different incarnations of the Empire with the Mead Dynasty in this episode. But I thought I'd call a little bit of an audible with it being spooky season and I thought I'd do something a little bit spooky. So we are going to be reading one of my favorite in-game books uh, today. That is Immortal Blood. And I've mentioned it a few times in the show, but this book is a, a novel um, that t- kind of talks about the different characteristics of the different vampire clans based on the region that they're from. So, yeah, we're gonna read that today, and we're gonna do I'm gonna do a little bit of commentary on the book. So let's get going with this book. So as I mentioned, the title is Immortal Blood, and specifically this is going to be the lore version of the book. It kind of changes a little bit based on uh, what game you're playing, but yeah, let's let's uh, let's get reading with this. So there's no known author. It says anonymous, but um, yeah, it starts off. It says. The moon and stars were hidden from sight, making that particular quiet night especially dark. The town guard had to carry torches to make their rounds, but the man who came to call at my chapel carried no light with him. I came to learn that Movarth Piquin could see in the dark almost as well as light, an excellent talent considering his interests were exclusively nocturnal. One of my acolytes brought him to me, and from the look of him, I at first thought that he was in need of healing. He was pale to the point of opalesque, with a face that looked like it had once been very handsome before, unspeakable suffering. The dark circles under his eyes bespoke exhaustion, but the eyes themselves were alert, intense, and almost insane he quickly dismissed my notion that he himself was ill though he did want to discuss a specific disease vampirism he said and then paused at my quizzical look i told i was told that you were someone i should seek out for my for help understanding it who told you that i asked with a smile Ticina, Ticina grey i immediately remembered her A brave, beautiful knight who needed my assistance separating fact from fiction on the subject of the vampire. It had been two years, and I had never heard whether my advice had proved effective. "'You've spoken to her? How is her ladyship?' I asked. "'Dead,' Movarth replied coldly, and then responding to my shock, he added added to perhaps soften the blow. She said your advice, advice was invaluable, at least for the one vampire. When I last talked to her, she was tracking another. It killed her. Then the advice I gave her was not enough, I sighed. Why do you think it would be enough for you? I was a teacher once myself, years ago, he had said. Not in, not in a university. A trainer in the fighters' guild but I know that if a student doesn't ask the right questions, the teacher cannot be responsible for his failure. I intend to ask you the right questions. And that he did, for hours, he asked questions that I, and I answered what I could, but he never volunteered any information about himself. He never smiled. He only studied me with those intense eyes of his, committing every word I said to memory. Finally, I turned the questioning around. You said you were a f- trainer at the Fighters Guild. Are you on assignment for them? No, he said curtly, and finally I could detect some weariness in those feverish eyes of his. I would like to continue this tomorrow night if I could. I need some to get some sleep and absorb this. You sleep during the day, I smiled. To my surprise, he returned the smile, though it was more of a grimace. When tracking your prey, you adapt to their habits." The next day, he did return with, que- with more questions, these, very one- these ones very specific. He wanted to know about the vampires of Eastern Skyrim. I told him about the most powerful tribe, the Vulcaner. paranoid and cruel, whose very breath could freeze their victims' blood in their veins. I explained to him how they lived beneath the ice of remote, haunted lakes, never venturing into the world of men except to feed. Movarth Piqueen listened carefully and asked more questions into the night until he, at last he was ready to leave. I will not see you for a few days, he said, but I will return to, and tell you how helpful your information has been. True to his word, the man returned to my chapel shortly after midnight four days later. There was a fresh scar on his cheek, but he was smiling, that grim but satisfied smile of his. "'Your advice helped me very much,' he said, but you should know that the Volcar had an additional ability you didn't mention. They can reach through the ice of their lakes without breaking it. It was quite a nasty surprise, being grabbed from below without any warning. "'How remarkable,' I said with a laugh, and terrifying, you're lucky to have survived. I don't believe in luck. I believe in knowledge and training. Your information helped me and my skill at melee combat sealed the bloodsucker's fate. I've never believed in weaponry of any kind, too many of unknowns. Even at best even the best swordsmith has created a flawed blade. But you know your body is you, you, but you know what your body is capable of. I know I can land a thousand blows without losing my balance provided I get in first strike. The first strike, I murmured, so you must never be surprised. That's why I came to you, said Movarth. You know more than anyone alive about these monsters and all their cursed varieties across the land. So, the Volcar. um, I think we all know what clan he's referring to here. If you've played Skyrim, then you know all about the Vampire Wards. Um yeah these are the ones you encounter in the dawn guard uh, d l c and before Skyrim had been announced, we were all hoping that we would encounter the vampire wards in some way shape or form in um Skyrim, and they ended up getting their own d l c so that was very exciting when we first found out about that, so not only. Can you encounter this clan, but you can also become part of the clan yourself? Um, spoilers for those of you who haven't played the Dawn Guard DLC. So, anytime that I've played Skyrim and I do the uh, Dawn Guard DLC, I've always sided with the vampires. Um, I just think it's more interesting. Now, I do have a, a playthrough that I'm going through. Now, where I've sided with the Dawn Guard just to do something different. But, yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to be a vampire lord For real. Now, you also find out, uh, I mean, just from the lore, but also from playing this DLC that these are some of the most pure-blooded vampires around. Like, some of the members of this clan were given the ability directly from... Ball himself, um, I want to say Sarana is one of them. Like, she describes the ritual in such detail. It's horrifying. So anyway, let's continue with the next vampire clan. Uh, This is a continuation of the reading. It says, Now you must tell me about the vampires of northern Valenwood. I did as he asked, and once again his questions taxed my knowledge. There were many tribes to cover. The Bonsamu, who are indistinguishable from Bosmer, except when seen by candlelight. The Kirolith, who could who could disintegrate into mist, the Akef, who swallowed men whole, the Dread Telbroth, who both preyed on children and eventually taking their place in the family, waiting patiently for years before murdering them all in unnatural hunger. That's fucking scary. Once again, he bade me farewell, promising to return in a few weeks. And once again, he returned just after midnight. This time, Movarth had no fresh scars, but again, he had new information. You were wrong about the Kyryth, uh being unable to vaporize when pushed underwater, he said, patting my shoulder fondly. Fortunately, they cannot travel far in their mist form, and I was able to track it down. It must have been... It must have surprised it fearfully. Your field knowledge is becoming impressive, I said. I should have an acolyte like you decades ago. Okay, so, um, yeah, the Bonsamu, uh, they're basically just normal vampires, for the lack of a better word, except that uh, you can tell what they are with uh, candlelight. That's the only way you can detect um, if it's a vampire so you know how like when you're playing a game you do have some abilities but the longer you go without feeding the longer the more noticeable you are if you've just eaten you can kind of walk around and nobody cares But um, let's talk about the Kirillith a little bit. So, they're one of four vampire clans that inhabit uh, Valenwood. They're known for their affinity of using and transforming into mist. Um, Yeah, they can't travel far in mist form and they vaporize once they're underwater. Apparently, this isn't true. Um, It actually says here in the article, uh, the UESP article about them, that. At um, one point they were confronted and hunted by Movarth Pequeen, who is the uh, one of the main characters in this book. Um, he tracked down various clans and through his confrontation learned many things on the Kyrgyz. Uh Among these was uh, their weakness, so they're not known for hunting the living as prey, but uh, the Horvar, uh, uh, and who they feast on them constantly. in fact the Kerla tried to keep it to themselves. Um, they're known for living in the green shade specifically in the shade mist moors. So um, you, here's actually a picture here of one of them. You can actually find these vampires in ESO so I need to hunt, I need to go interact with these vampires so it actually, says here during the events of ESO they were approached by vicereeve Heladol who is the leader of the veiled heritage at the time and he promised them immeasurable power at the end of and the end of their constant hiding he taught them an accursed ritual that utilized the skull of a or, or sorry Vangarian who is an ancient vampire to control an unlimited supply of thralls so you know what a thrall is if you've played uh the dawn guard so many members followed through with this agreement and formed an alliance with the veiled Heritage. so the um the veiled inheritance that's part of the uh the Greymoor dlc i believe um Thus, the land surrounding Longhaven became tainted by this dark magic, and several members or I'm sorry, several people were enthralled to enter the moors and promptly feasted on. So, this activity caught the attention of Mel Adaris, who delved into the Shade Mist moors and tracked the Vampire Coven into the old sea coves. Together with another wandering traveler, the two were able to disrupt the ritual. So, I it sounds like I need to. Play this. I'm going to have to uh, look for the Shade Mist Moors in ESO. So, the other two, uh, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the other two clans don't really have an article about them. The, um, uh, the, uh, Telbroth, Telboth and the Akiff. so there must not be a ton of information about them. So, let's continue with the reading here. So, um, Moravarth now says, uh, now tell me of the vampires of Cyrodiil. So these are ones that I have a lot of experience with. So um, there's only one tribe. Um, he's, I'm sorry, let's let's continue with the reading here. It says, I told him what I could. There was but one tribe in Cyrodiil, a powerful clan who ousted all the other competitors, much like the Imperials themselves had done. Their true name was unknown lost to history, but they were experts at concealment. If they kept themselves well fed, they were indistinguishable from living persons who, uh, sorry, they were cultured, more civilized than other vampires of the provinces, preferring to feed on victims while they were asleep, unaware. So, uh, Movarth frowned and said, they will be difficult to surprise, but I will seek one out and I will tell you what I learned. And then you will tell me of the vampires of High Rock, Hammerfell, Elsewhere, Black Marsh, and Morrowind. Oh, and the Somerset Isles, yes? I nodded, knowing then that this was a man on an eternal quest. He wouldn't be satisfied but with but the barest hint of how things are. He needed to know it all. So, the vampires of Cyrodiil... Um, yeah, as I mentioned, there's no clan name, but you contract, you get it um, by contracting porphyric hemophilia. So, you know, in, in Skyrim, the non vampire words, you contract um, Sanguinus vampiris. Uh, but with porphyric hemophilia, um, yeah, it's just, it's one that, as I mentioned earlier, you. Start off pretty much like nobody can, nobody can detect what you are. Um, you're able to walk around in sunlight just like anybody else. But the longer you go without feeding, the more your powers grow. But the more people are able to detect what you are. And also the more damage you take from the sun. So, I mean, you can... Let your, you can just travel around at night but fast travel is dangerous but yeah I mean you you get it from I mean like you feed you can just go feed on somebody who's sleeping um, I typically would feed on beggars just so people wouldn't walk in on me feeding on somebody most of the time I mean I, could, I would also go to like the guild halls Like the Fighters Guild and the Majors Guild and feed on somebody in a bed um, that's in a room by themselves that's sleeping. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was my first experience with vampirism in Elder Scrolls, was in Oblivion. So, let's continue here. Um, He did not return for a month, and on the night that he did, I could see his frustration and despair. Though there were no lights burning in my chapel... I failed, he said, as I lit a candle. You were right. I could not find a single one. So he couldn't find any vampires in High Rock, Hammerfell, elsewhere Black Marsh and Marwind and Somerset Isles. Um, I do know some Marwind vampires, though. Um, so it says here, I brought the light to my face and smiled. He was surprised, even stunned by the power of my flesh, the dark hunger in my ageless eyes and teeth. Oh, Yes. I think the teeth definitely surprised the man who could not afford to be surprised. I haven't fed in 72 hours, I explained as I fell on him. He did not land the first blow or the last. So, just from this reading here, it sounds like the guy, the, the person from whose perspective wrote this it sounds like he was a member of the Bonsamu clan who is indistinguishable from other Bosmer except from candlelight so um, yeah let, let's see if I can find some more information on these vampires from the provinces that he couldn't find any so the UESP article starts with elsewhere so it says there's two known vampire clans that exist in elsewhere there's the Haloflang clan um, which was a Khajiidi vampire clan that resided in northern elsewhere in the second era so, they worship Sanguine, or Sanguine, I should say, because it's the Khajiit. So, the members of this clan are proficient in the arts of blood magic and alchemy, but the clan's numbers were decimated when the Undaunted were tasked with stopping the vampires. So, uh, it sounds like the uh, Undaunted, during the events of ESO, pretty much wiped them out. The second vampire clan, and elsewhere, is the Tenar Zalvit. So they were ancient Kajiit vampire clan that resided in Enequina. They lived within the Tenar Zalvit o- Osuri. I think that's how you pronounce that, which is a burial crypt in Enequina's weeping scar area since the last or since at least the time of the Thrasian plague. Under their clan mother, they coexisted with the living Khajiit by watching over their dead in exchange for blood offerings. The Natin flu caused dramatic increase of clan members as the flu victims were aided by turning them into vampires. <laughs> that's uh, one of the first times I've ever heard of the Natin flu causing an increase in numbers as opposed to a decrease. Uh, that, that's, wow, that's crazy. Uh, this influx made it difficult to sate everyone's hunger as they no longer received the blood offerings after, after the flu wiped out the rest of Orcus. Orcus. They hoped to leave the area, but the clan mother, fearing that they would spread the flu, sequestered the clan. This led to them feeding on thin-blooded animals in a region sparse of fauna. So, Alright, let's let's uh, let's talk about High Rock next. So, the Iliac Bay region hosts many bloodlines of vampires, each with their own special abilities. So, there's the Anthosis Anthotis, sorry garlian or garlith garlithian uh harvanan these words are really hard to pronounce i apologize the culari i can pronounce that one the larezi the montalian selenew the thrifei thrifei thrafe i don't know um and it looks like that's it so The clans inhabit their own regions, and a strong sense of rivalry is present. Some vampires in the Iliak Bay become soldiers in an army of undead, which ruled over the Barony of Dwinen around 3rd era 253. The Lyresi-Selenu-Farseth bloodlines were seemingly created by the Needs, who returned by Lame Belfog. After she rose from her pyre. Most of it, or sorry, most if not all of the bloodlines of the Iliac Bay seem to have the significant weakness of having their entire line cured should the prognator be destroyed. So if you kill the originator of the line, that means their descendants are also destroyed. So that kind of sucks. Um... You hear about that in the movies, but you never really think of that being kind of a, a real thing. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a weakness. Um, let's see here. So the vampires in the Glenmoral Coven live in the Breton cities of High Rock though no information about their abilities or feeding habits is known. However, it is known that they are considered one of the more intelligent and threatening tribes by the Order of Vampires of Cyrodiil, possibly implying that, like the Order, they live disguised among the normal population as stealthy manipulators. I should mention that the Count of Skingrad in Oblivion, um, so this is a Cyrodiilic clan, he's a vampire, um, he kind of keeps to himself in his chambers, but yeah, he is the count of Cyrodiil or the count of Skingrad. So he's one of the more prominent figures in, um, Cyrodiilic, uh, nobility. So, I mean, there's rumors about him, but yeah, it's pretty clear once you meet him, what he is. I mean, just by the eyes, you can tell by looking at somebody's eyes. I don't know why nobody ever mentioned that. All right, so the House of Ravenwatch of River Spire is an altruistic group of vampires led by a pure-blooded Doreni Altmer vampire named Verandus Ravenwatch. Uh, you definitely meet him in ESO. Uh, members of the House lived by a code put in place by the Count. It involves concepts of honor and vigilance. Noble spirit and restraint. Their primary goal was to use their powers with responsibility. Responsibility to help others. They were only allowed to feed on willing servants. So yeah, you definitely meet Verandus in Elder Scrolls Online uh, and the House of Ravenwatch. Um, that's there's a whole storyline with them in the uh, Greymore chapter of ESO. So let's move on to Marland. So the Dunmer are strongly opposed to any form of necromancy, making vampires largely unheard of in their land, in the, their land of Marland. The Tribunal Temple has some control over public knowledge of vampires, but cannot keep it completely unknown. In the past, ordinators and buoyant armagers were in charge of eradicating vampires, leaving, leading to their exposed extinction. Thus, the hunting orders that exist in western Chamriel are unknown. The Vampires of Morrowind are typically one of three bloodlines which differ in accordance to their, with their approach to prey. The Quara are aggressive and fierce when it comes to hunting, while the Burney clan prefers a stealthier approach. The Ode bloodline consists of vampiric mages who use the dark powers associated with vampires to entrap prey. These vampires not only have their strongholds, but are also dispersed among the Daedric shrines and abandoned Dunmer and Dwemer strongholds. Ironically, these clans now show great hostility to newborn vampires, considering considering them abominations as their living counterparts do. In the Red Mountain, the Ash Vampire was an immortal, magical being of vast power. They were close kin and loyal lieutenants of Dagothur, and thus partook of his supernatural vitality, but they were not related to true vampires. In fact, they're not even undead. Near the end of the Third Era, the number of vampire population began to rise in Morrowind, leading to renewed calls to exterminate them. So. In all my time playing Morrowind, I never contracted vampirism. I killed some vampires, but I'd never actually become one. Um, Like, you fight them, you fight one in, I want to say it's a a burial area, like a tomb, that's part of a, a fighter's guild quest, but, and of course there's the, the ash vampires that were mentioned, those are all along Red Mountain but I never actually contracted vampirism myself um, I, so I have no idea what it would be like, there's actually a picture here in the article of the matriarch of the Aquara clan uh, she's got some pretty badass glass armor on, but I've never contracted vampirism myself um yeah, there's the we, in Skyrim we mentioned the Volcar, um, the uh, there's the clan Direni, uh and it said that uh, yeah, the Potema rel- relied on vampire generals during the War of the Red Diamond, but. Um, when you contract... Yeah, I think I mentioned uh, earlier... When you become a vampire... You contract uh, Sanguinus Vampiris... If you're just a standard vampire. So... Yeah... Um, I really wish that I had some more experience with... Being a vampire in Morrowind. So... Um, we haven't talked about the vampires in Black Marsh yet... So... There's the Wet thing, uh, W-H-E-T... Uh, Fang Vampires of Black Marsh and they're known to capture victims alive and keep them in a magic induced coma, allowing the vampires to extract blood at their own, at whenever they want to. The vampires of Cyrodiil believe the Wet Fang Vampires to show signs of enlightenment regarding them as more intelligent than the more quote-unquote barbaric tribes. For this reason, the Order considers them a possible threat to the dominance of Cyrodiil. So... Uh, I should. I guess I should have mentioned that the vampires in Cyrodiil consider Clavicus vile to be their patron, not Malagabal. That's kind of interesting. Um, there's also the Crimson Scars uh, that split off from the Dark Brotherhood, and it's believed that Sithis wanted vampires to take the rightful place uh, as leadership in the Dark Brotherhood. So... Um, The Crimson Scars, yeah, I I would assume that Vincente Voluntari in Oblivion is one of them. Um, Yeah, he is the second way that you can get vampirism in Oblivion you can get it the old-fashioned way by fighting a vampire when you get sent to uh do azura's quest azura sends you to a cave where there's some vampires that you've got to exterminate for her and that's typically how i get vampirism in oblivion but um my character in eso uh, i've got some characters in eso that are vampires um kind of fun um they really revamped vampirism when Greymore first came out i probably mentioned that on the show so um yeah there's some more here about different bloodlines there's the seraphine uh bloodline um who seraphine was a breton vampire who was afflicted with this strain um those bitten by a vampire with this curse would experience deep dreaming and horrific nightmares. I wonder if that has anything to do with the nightmares you experience in Oblivion. When you go to sleep, it'll uh, mention a dream that you had. Um, let's see. I don't think I really mentioned the Hammerfell vampires. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I apologize. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, that... That might be about it as far as vampires go. Um, There, you do encounter some vampires in Black Reach during the events of ESO. Um, Yeah, I think here's some. um, Here's a list of some vampires you might encounter in the games. So there's Lady Balin. Uh, or sorry, Blaine, who you encounter in, I believe, ESO. Um, yeah, ESO. Um, there is, I guess, Lady Blaine is part of the Night Hollow clan. Um, let's see, it also mentions here Duahain um, Adain, who possibly has a connection to House Duress. Um, you encounter her in Morrowind, it looks like, and she's also got a card in Elder Scrolls Legends. There's Lady Alessia, or I'm sorry, e- Esenia, who uh, is in ESO. There uh, is uh, Lord Foggerven, who is also in ESO. Uh, Lord Harkin, of course, you encounter him in Skyrim um, which I think that he was also I want to say you encounter him in ESO also I could be wrong Um, you do revisit some characters Um, Janice Hasildor is in uh, Skingrad in uh, Bolivian, as I mentioned er earlier um, Lamei, uh, Beofag, um, who I mentioned earlier is known to be the first vampire ever. Lord Leviticus, who is in, um, Oblivion, um, he, he's, um, he actually is the father of the, uh, grand champion in the arena in Oblivion that I mentioned in the last episode. That's the vampire who he's descended from. I guess he, fell in love with an orc and the champion in the arena is the result so um, let's see some other memorable vampires uh, Valerica who's uh, Count Harkin's wife um, Count Verandas, I mentioned him uh, it turns out that Movarth Pequeen is a real person so you actually meet him in Skyrim. That's really interesting. I don't know if I've ever encountered him. Um, so, yeah, I didn't realize that Movarth was a real person. I just thought he was part of the novel. So I guess the the novel... Yeah, I mean, the book was a novel, Immortal Blood, but it actually it was a true story in the Elder Scrolls world. So Movarth apparently went on to become a master vampire hunter and created his own coven and so yeah in this encounter in the book he wasn't killed he actually was turned into a vampire himself by disinia gray and apparently you can encounter him in skyrim i don't know if i've ever encountered him um he planned to take over the town of Morthal in Skyrim. And he turned a Nord named Alva into a vampire. And commanded her to seduce the guardsmen of Morthal and infect them as well. You know what? I bet I have encountered him and I just didn't realize who he was. So, yeah. Um, that's, yeah. You know what? I bet I, pre- I bet I've done... I've encountered him a number of times and just didn't realize that he was the um, main character in one of my favorite in-game books so that really is it as far as vampires go um, oh I mean I'm sure there's more but this at least scratches the surface on all there is with the vampires in the world of Elder Scrolls, uh, I mean, maybe at some point I'll do a follow-up to this. So, you know what? Uh, next episode, let's let's do let's cover a little bit more with werewolves. So, I've I've talked about werewolves in the show before, but let's dig a little bit deeper into werewolves. So, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. Little bit of a, a deep dive into the different vampire clans and the reading of one of my all time favorite books in the game. So, anyway, uh, I'm gonna get out of here. I'd like to thank the Hive as always for sponsoring this podcast. And if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can find me at gold 8 on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find the show at TimRelicP. And you can also check out my other shows, there's Nintendo, where I just finished up the different incarnations of the handheld systems, um, excluding the Nintendo Switch. But um, then you can also find my other show, Tamaralk Adventures, where we just recently put out an episode on our thoughts on the pit. Uh, expansion with Fallout 76 so anyway until next time stay safe adventurers